This is another episode brought to you straight out of LMK Productions. Shout out Pick 4 Podcast, Mark Youngblood. Shout out Win, Loser, Tie Podcast with Ty King. LMK Productions. Let me know. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Having Said That with Landry Griffith. In case you were wondering, I am he, Mr. Landry Griffith. Um, make sure to find me on Instagram. That's at HST Landry for having said that at HST Landry. And I am on Facebook at Landry Griffith. <coughs> Keep finding me spread the word. Um, I will say if you happen to find this podcast due to a business card laying around, please message me on any one of those and just let me know. I'd like to know if that, uh, marketing tool is working. Shout out to my amazing wife for those gifts. On with the show. This week I have a really special guest and an, an even hidden guest here. Um, it is also my first three-way that is in private life and podcasting life. It just, it just got weird. It is also my first road show. We took having said that on the road this week. Which is awesome. So we're going to have a lot of firsts here. Um, without further ado, my special guest O the Week would be my very near and dear friend, my very near and dear neighbor, Mr. J.P. Cotton. What's up, buddy? Hello, hello. I would say welcome to the studio, but I feel like you should tell me welcome to my studio. Welcome to my dining room. So when I say we took the show on the road, I went at least 100 feet to get to the show. I will ask, though, real quick, how many skips are we? It was hops. Hops. Bounds. Bounds, that's what it was. How many bounds are we? It was like 40 for me, I think. 40. Youngblood made it like 33. (laughs) How many bounds away from the regular studio we are? JP, I'm glad you uh, finally decided to do this with me. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the invite. We have um, been planning this idea for quite some time because this topic is something near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes. The other guest of the show tonight is our color analyst. You all know him. You all love him from the Pick 4 podcast, Mr. Mark Youngblood. Hey, I'd say welcome to the show, but like you've been very welcomed multiple times, so welcome back again. Thanks, buddy. Uh, this was sort of like me invading your podcast anyway, because I'm boring and I don't do anything at home. And you were like, yeah, you might as well come over. Well, it was funny because Mark texts me separately. He's like, well, I text JP knowing that I was going to be able to do a podcast with him tonight. And looks like you snagged him up first. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. You're coming with us. It's a hot commodity. So I think Mark has an idea of what we're going to be doing, but not like to the detail. So Mark's going to stand here and be the guy in the background, but we'll let him sit. In the background. So there are a couple things, and this is towards all three of us, that we all thoroughly enjoy as a unit, right? Correct. Agreed. There's probably one, though, if we're talking like that we're all coming together on, that we all enjoy equally would be... Our brown liquor favorite, the whiskey. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. High five all around. Silent. 
Having said that, what I think a lot of people don't understand, and we're here to educate tonight, this is an educational podcast, is there are different types of whiskey. There's different, uh, I guess, avenues you could go down. There's different, obviously, and I'm not talking brands. Obviously, you know there's different brands, but you hear things like rye whiskey, corn whiskey, bourbon, scotch, Canadian, Irish, the list goes on and on and on. And I think a lot of people don't understand. Now, okay, so you say like there's an Irish whiskey, you know that's a whiskey, right? There are a couple of things that uh, I don't think people even quite understand are whiskey when you're just talking about them. So let's uh, let's debunk some of that. What do you guys say? Man, do it. First thing we're going to do as I'm pouring these glasses, I have three different types of whiskey. There are many, many more. Okay, and I will say first of all, these these brands don't mean anything to me. Um, I just wanted actually they kind of do, but they kind of do. It's not like I said, hey, these are my favorite whiskeys. Okay, keep that in mind. Um, but of the different types of whiskey, different categories, I think was the word I'm looking for. There's two that stick out to me that I enjoy more than other categories. I believe that the two of you would agree with me on both of those, okay? But before we get started on those, what I'm going doing right now is pouring us, this is just whiskey. There's no rules to this whiskey. So whiskey is whiskey is whiskey. I'm about to go into a definition of what is a whiskey. And then we will uh, try, try this one. I did choose a brand that was made in Texas. This one is called Texas Ranger Whiskey. It is distilled in San Antonio, Texas. Shout out to all my Seguin listeners. And I will not say Kenneth, because he didn't listen to shit, but all of his buddies in the OR (laughs) that I don't even know, y'all are real friends. Next time you see Shrunk, kick him in the balls and tell him that's from Landry. So as I'm going to pass these around, I'm going to define whiskey, okay? So a whiskey or a whiskey is a spirit, and for those of you that don't know, a spirit is essentially liquor, right? A spirit distilled from malted grain, barley, or rye, okay? One of the biggest differences and stuff, and I actually made this mistake and I can call myself out, is so vodka, either one of you guys want to take a gamble as to what the difference is in a vodka and a whiskey. What is the main ingredient in a vodka? Is it it not – you can make vodka out of almost anything that grows out of the ground. Like potatoes. There's potato vodka. That's the main one that vodka is, potato. I know you're making it from other stuff too, but potato is the main, like for your big vodkas. Starchy, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So whiskey is going to be made some grains. So we're talking barley, we're talking rye, you're talking corn is considered a grain. Those are the main ingredients on what – Gives a whiskey a whiskey, okay? Does it have to be more grain than the other ingredients? Not necessarily. Um, we will go into a little bit more detail in a minute. Um, but the, 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 the key factor is we need to concentrate that it's made from a grain, okay? So this is just whiskey. Like I said, I wanted to choose because if we're going to taste it, it's just regular whiskey. Why not choose it from the great state of Texas, which we all know and love dearly? Absolutely. Cheers to that one. This is right, awkward to, to silence to my health. Yeah, yeah I got. I need it. So one thing I want to keep in mind 
if you're tasting whiskey, okay. Um, yeah, it changes in the end. Yeah. You know, you, you do the swirl. I used to hate when people did this at restaurants with their wine. I thought they were snobs. They kind of are, but I respect the snobs. <laughs> when you swirl it, you're looking for the legs. I explained this on pick four, and Ty told me that I made him fall asleep. <laughs> what the legs are is essentially it's, it's, it's showing you how aged your whiskey is. Does okay? it not have something to do with the sugar content? It's I, that may it may have something to do with that. Maybe the more it's aged, I couldn't tell you that. Okay. But I can tell you the the longer it takes for your legs to run down the glass, slash the skinnier the leg is. That essentially means that it's aged longer. That's now not don't bad. don't it's really a pretty good whiskey. It's actually, it's actually not bad. This was a dollar fifty. Yeah, they're little bitty bottles. We're doing the, the the little small bottles. I'm gonna for reference purposes. Oh. Oh, those are good, good legs, legs there. Great right? legs. You like yeah, those legs? Nice yeah. legs. Um, so keep that in Don't mind. Let your wife see them. But after you're getting legs, you want to get a little bit of the nose, right? So mm-hmm. you're swollen around, smell it. Then you want to take a sip. You're not taking shots now because we're adults. I'm not opposed to getting shit faced and being stupid, <laughs> but we like to enjoy the whiskey for what it is, right? I like for it to taste good, yes. Do you want to get it to taste? Make it actually start. And the front of your teeth and slowly go back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Swirl it around a little. That's where you're getting that taste. If you do this correctly, you've nosed it, right? Yeah. Um, what is that called? The wafting in, in junior high chemistry. You don't put your nose over, right. over fumes. Exactly. It's dangerous. Then you get a little bit of the taste. If you nose it the second time, yeah. that's a good call. The second time you nose, it should smell completely different than the first time. It should not smell the same twice because that flavor is going to affect the smell. Okay. You know, like when you smell something, you're like, God, that would taste disgusting. Yeah. But you didn't taste it. It's the same idea. The brain is a strange thing. So I, it really is. I used to sit on my back porch when I had nothing to do before JP moved in right behind me. Kids would go to sleep, wife would go to sleep, and I would sit on my back porch and start smoking a cigar, and I would drink new scotches, new whiskeys. And I got on a really awesome uh, YouTube page called Scotch Four Dummies, right? You know, like the four dummies. It's four buds who tell you everything. You know, they taste scotch, do all this stuff. But they taught me a lot on how to actually enjoy the whiskey as opposed to just shooting and chugging the whiskey. Not that I'm opposed to it. Sometimes when you're in the backyard by yourself with your kids asleep, you don't just take very, shots by yourself. A very sad story. Apparently, it's frowned like, upon, right? I have a single tear on right? that story. That's so sad. I enjoyed it. It was beautiful. I had a little fire in the backyard. It Sarah was McLaughlin wrote a theme song. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. Shout out, Sarah. If you want to come on, having said that, let me know. In the arms of the angel. Shots of whiskey. So you'll notice how it's pretty smooth. Uh, It's actually a a really good whiskey. My sister-in-law, Gwen, bought Kenneth a bottle of this that we were drinking one time. I'd never heard of it, and I forgot all about it until I saw it at Specs today. It's good whiskey with a milkshake. That really would be good with real milk. I wouldn't do it with real milk. Extra lactose. Extra lactose. (laughs) When we go order ice cream at Cremistry, he orders extra lactose because he knows I'm about to order none lactose. (laughs) I let him go first. He's like, I need need lactose free. And I'll say, I'll take his lactose. 
So, but like I said, so the, like the ingredients in this, I don't even know. I didn't look up. This one's called Texas Ranger. I'll post some pictures of it. So any, any of you spouses out there that are looking for a little surprise your husband on the way home, this is actually a pretty good little whiskey called Texas yeah, would, Ranger. Would, 1823 blended whiskey. It's, it's probably a $30 bottle, like a full bottle, mm-hmm. 750 mil. Sure. Oh, fun tidbit. You ever heard of Rebecca Creek whiskey? I have. This is from the Rebecca Creek Distillery. There you go. They're very uh, catchy, so JP's going to throw us uh, some trivia here later on about uh, what distilleries do to make more money. Sneaky. Keep that in mind, okay? Um, And I don't even know if this one, if the main ingredient is what type of grain. But the point of this is, is this is just whiskey, okay? It's not a bourbon whiskey. It's not a scotch whiskey. It's, it's not, not a rye Irish. It's not a rye. You'll know rye real quick. That's one that does, you can part out real quick. It is blended also. That's another factor. Okay. So factor. What do you know about blended whiskeys? Blended means that you are making giant batches mm-hmm. from all of the barrels that you've aged and distilled. When you start talking about small batches and you start talking about single barrels what you what you're doing is you're t- is like for a, a small batch you're taking a particular section of barrels in your aging room and bottling that by itself rather right. than mixing it all together right and single barrel is exactly what it sounds like it's taking the 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 finished product from one single barrel and putting it in a bottle so speaking from like i'm not going to say any of us are whiskey enthusiasts actually i would say we're we're not whiskey uh connoisseurs right like i don't know everything there's no about whiskey but i'd be willing to bet that the three of us together know a lot more than just people who are out there shooting whiskey or like the guys who just want to buy a case of jack daniels i'm not a fan of jack but i'm not judging you for liking it but like the guy who's like oh this is my go-to whiskey right we love to drink different whiskeys and try them out right Um, that's part of the fun of, of whiskeys I think the same thing. So, like, this was really good, right? Yeah. But why would you go buy 10 bottles of Texas Ranger whiskey when you're... Because the way I think of it is Texas Ranger's good. I now know it is. I know that that's going to be on my short list. But how do I... What's stopping me from trying something else that that could be good as well, too? Absolutely. I mean, this is just their blended whiskey. What What's to say the Texas Ranger doesn't possibly have a rye whiskey? Well, and here's another thing I was going to ask. When you talk about blended whiskeys, you talk about single barrel whiskeys would you two say or what would y'all say into thinking that a a blended whiskey is worse than or better than a single barrel or anything would would y'all have an opinion either way towards that i didn't hear the question (laughs) (laughs) it was good whiskey yeah cut my hearing off from okay so so on the on the single there's there's barrel age. There's cask strength. Right. There's, right. There's there's a lot of different. In it. It's not necessarily bottled in bond. That's a big. That's, that's a, a yeah, big that's thing. A that's something. Well, that like so, up. when I first got into drinking scotches, um, I was like not knowing much, but I felt like I should. I wanted to know more than I did. So I had this thing in my head that like a single barrel has or a single yeah batch would be way better than a blended, right? And it just got in my head, like, I'm not going to drink blended because I've got to be a better scotch drinker than that, right? You see what I'm saying? I think think it's all on your palate, man. Well, it is. You like what you like. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a scotch called Johnny Walker? Once. I don't care of the colors, but ever heard of Johnny Walker? Once or twice. Every single, 
label that they have from red to black to gold, platinum, green, blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, green's back now, by the way. They went on a hiatus for about 12 years. or something like that last year as well. Oh, the, yeah. The winter one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That one's real good. The Johnny Walker is all blended scotch. Okay, so for those of you out there thinking that single barrel is better than a blended, I dare you to drink a bottle of Johnny Walker Platinum and then come and have that same conversation with me. Huh. So it's, like you said, it's 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 the palate, but it's also the distillery that knows what they're doing when they're starting to blend these together, right? Monkey Shoulder, that's got Johnny Walker and two other ones in it. It's the most awkward thing. It's a good little bottle of scotch. Yeah. JP doesn't agree. I can I, see by his I face. I don't, man. I, I'm not big on the ether. Which is, <laughs> you don't I like, like drinking ether? I don't. I, it's like, man, it's like unleaded. It it was very, very heavy on the, I like something that's a little smoother. I like something that's got a little afterbirth. Mm. That one had a little bit of a, a vanilla. Afterbirth? Could, yeah. You could, I don't think that that's the word <laughs> that I was looking for. But no, it had, you could taste the wood. You could right. taste the, the oak in it. You could mm-hmm. taste the char. You could it's taste. It's definitely the, a very strong vanilla. It did. In yeah. the back, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very oh. smooth. But that... For a 50 yeah. shot bottle. Just to remind everybody, that was just whiskey. Blended whiskey. Didn't have to be Texas. Texas whiskey doesn't mean anything other than people who are from Texas. Like, fuck yeah, we're from Texas, so we're going to have a Texas whiskey, right? This this may come up later, but a lot of labels that say Texas... Yes, are not distilled in Texas. They may be bottled in Texas, mm. but most of the time they are, in fact, distilled in Kentucky and Tennessee. Marketing's a dirty, dirty thing. Absolutely. But it worked on me. You know what I went and bought? Texas Ranger. I, I, I know it said it's distilled in San Antonio. Is it distilled yeah. or bottled? No, it produced and bottled by Rebecca Creek Distillery, LLC, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, they're a step ahead. Then. So it I, I, even says... Go Texan at the bottom twice. Says it two times. Yeah. So fuck yeah, Texas. Bigger in Texas. Okay. Go two times. So the reason I wanted to do that one, like really I want to go into two more in depth to really kind of get people to understand a couple different things. Okay. You can't have a whiskey podcast without starting off the fact that if it's made with grain, we're distilling it in some wood, we have whiskey. Okay. That's essentially what we're getting down to. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even mention the wood part, but we'll get there. This That's is going to be exciting. Okay, That's bullish. Strangely, I like that one. <laughs> so what I am going to pour everybody now is a bottle of bullet bourbon. Okay, So I said bourbon. B-O-U-R-B-O-N. What a lot of people will do. And I like I, it because it says frontier whiskey. It does say front, <laughs> bullet bourbon, frontier whiskey. I haven't, I haven't even looked, but I know. Kentucky straight <laughs> bourbon whiskey, 45% 90 proof. Okay. Now that's a, that's a lot of information that you just rattled off. I just read. I just read. Yeah, and people may understand everything that I just said by the end of this podcast. So, is that a glass bottle? What a yeah! Wow! Is it? Oh wow! It is. It's fancy. Shout out! Bullet. People will tell you, and this drives me banana sandwich, and that's why we're here. We have a G in the word sandwich. Yes. Dane Cook put, put G in sandwich, and so it's just stuck since then. Okay. Like, you are not catching on to anything. You don't watch The Office. You don't listen to oh, Dane no. Cook. Oh, no, God. I do. I do watch The Office. Okay, good. I don't watch. What was that? You missed one? the afterbirth, though. Yeah. No, that's just that you're a 
like nurse, and it got weird. You start talking medical jargon. <laughs> That's from the office, though. So when I say bourbon, I, I've met plenty of people that like. I'm like, oh, like you're clearly a whiskey guy. Let's 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 um, connect with that. A lot of times at my job, I need to connect with people, right? I don't drink whiskey. I only drink bourbon. Okay. I get the confusion. Like I don't judge the guys who tell me that, but what people don't understand is, is bourbon is whiskey. Okay. Whiskey is not bourbon. It's all whiskey, bourbon, bourbon is whiskey. Or? No. Okay. Whiskey is not bourbon, but bourbon is all whiskey. All bourbon is whiskey. hundred percent. Okay. So. I'm going to I'm going to go here and then I'm I may be turning the pages here and letting the the co-host take over. But so bourbon, right, uh-huh. is a whiskey. It has to be. And I, when I say has to be, I'm not saying like eh, those are the rules. This is per law, okay? This is a law in order to call your whiskey bourbon. Actually, before I go there, do you either one of you know what the most common misconception is? What I'll guarantee you, a lot of people driving in their cars are thinking right now, of what makes a bourbon bourbon? Where it's made. Where it's made. Where do most people think bourbon comes from? There's two places, usually one. Kentucky. Most people think, including myself, until I started doing a little bit more research, that bourbon has to come from Kentucky. Okay. Some people will take it further and they get the confusion that they think it could come from Tennessee. Okay. Neither one of those is correct, right? Neither one of those is correct. Does it have to do with how it's aged? Does not have to do with how it's aged. Oh, see, I'm learning something already. It's, this is good stuff. So Sit back, buckle the, up. Here we go. The and actually, it wasn't. It was about two or three years ago when I didn't know this because I remember talking to my brother and I was texting Gentry talking about whiskeys and stuff, and I told him that bourbon has to be from Kentucky, and he said, "I don't think that's right because I have a bottle of Texas bourbon." Bourbon that was from Texas. And I was like, ah, well, clearly they marketed you wrong. Okay. So what makes a bourbon bourbon as opposed to any other whiskey? The main ingredient, and when I say main, it has to be at least, I'm not saying it has to be exact on, but at least 51%. We can all agree that 51% would be the majority, right? Correct. What grain? Corn. There you go. Well so done. Yeah. Well done. bourbon has to be at least 51% corn to be considered bourbon. Otherwise, it's just whiskey. You could call it Kentucky whiskey. You can call it Tennessee whiskey, Texas weed. <laughs> wow. Right? Well done. But you cannot call it bourbon until you have at least the main ingredient of 51% corn is going to be your grain for this type of whiskey. Okay. Okay, is that all you have about ingredients? That's all I have about ingredients. I thought specifically it had to be aged in oak barrels for it to be bourbon. You okay, you're bringing, you're bringing you're bringing some more rules. Yeah, so that's not. hilarious. You bring that up because I have my purple asterisk right here. Have to have not only does it have to be oak barrels, and that I didn't know the oak. Okay, and if you have this in your notes, I apologize. No, you're fine, man. Um, it, for go ahead, go ahead, Ty. This is, this is your podcast. <laughs> this is your podcast. Ty King? For a bourbon to be a bourbon, mm-hmm. has to be a brand new barrel. You ah. cannot put bourbon into a previously used barrel. I I want the two of y'all to remember that I said that because the whiskey's flowing. Please don't let me forget why I said that here in a minute, okay? Purple I know why, asterisk. teacher. You Purple, do know why? Yeah. You must have seen the... Purple asterisk. Okay. Now, 
when I told Mr. Cotton over here that we were doing this, he started making notes. I did. Okay. My notes for this entire podcast take up about half a page, and I'll make that last all day. <laughs> We've got four pages of bourbon here. I'm going to turn the pages over. Tell me what you got. Let's hear some cool facts. All right. So, um, rules of bourbon. And these are congressional congressional rules. Uh, like you said, 51 Legit laws. Absolute. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolute. Um, and to, to date this, mm-hmm. Congress passed this in 1964. Okay. Was when Congress declared, uh, number one, it can only be made in the United States. You cannot have a bourbon from anywhere other than the United States, ever. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Because then it's it's whiskey. Being American is is what makes it bourbon. It has to be made in the United States. It has to be white oak. Um, has to be brand new oak barrels. Sure. Um, so a couple of things that that you that you point out uh, that when you're reading the bullet, <coughs> you said that it was a straight whiskey. Yes, I don't know what that means. Has to be aged for at least two years to, to be, be considered, considered straight? a straight whiskey. Now, um, can bourbon be barreled for less than that before we put it in a bottle? Bourbon, bourbon can, but okay. it can be considered an, a straight, it's not straight, straight, it's not a straight at least two years. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of rules as far as when it goes into the barrel versus when it comes out of the barrel on your, your proof. Uh, so <coughs> it can't be less than. 125 proof going into going the barrel. into the barrel. So we've distilled it. We're pulling it out of the vat. No less than 125 proof. No less than 125 proof. Um, and it cannot be more than 160 coming out. So in case anybody's curious about the proof, if you look at any alcoholic bottle that's a liquor, essentially what you do is the proof is double the uh, alcohol by volumes, ABV, volume. Yeah. So you're like, you know, it's a 40% ABV alcohol by volume. That means it's an 80 proof. JP, what is whiskey before it's been aged? Well, funny you should ask. Landry's got a bottle in his freezer. And it makes you want to stomp a hole in the floor when you take a drink of it. It's kind of like a thing when you come over to my house. I've had that bottle for about a year, and it's not a very big bottle. So it's just like a running joke. If you're coming to the house, you're going to take a shot of White Dog. White Dog. Even this, we forced Ty to do it. This was this is that's that's Buffalo Traces, which is a very prestigious distillery. Yeah, phenomenal whiskey. They've got great stuff coming out of there. Um, they're it's their way of uh, putting out more whiskeys because of shortages. Essentially, I mean, it's coming out clear because there was never any any wood to absorb. There wasn't ever any of the 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 freezing and the and the contracting. And so you're and telling me that what's, what's the, another term for it though? Would it be called ever clear? No, moonshine. There moonshine. It is. There it moonshine. Is. That's the one, not ever clear. Ever clear. Yeah. Up comes up later yeah in my notes. Mo- moonshine is essentially when you're doing a whiskey but you're not aging Wrong. it in barrels and it's rough oh, man. so yeah, hold on real quick <laughs> you just told me right now yeah, that can we taste this as we talk yeah okay. so when we're distilled it comes out of the steel it's clear yeah so, so why is this brown i'm assuming we're doing some sort of Additive of food Negative. coloring? No, 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 no. 
So that is uh, that is part of the aging process. You go through different seasons. As it gets colder, that wood will shrink, sure, contract, and squeeze all of the moisture out of the wood back into the liquid. As right. it gets hotter, it expands, pulls that liquor back into it, right, and it goes through multiple seasons doing sure. that. One of the reasons why Texas has multiple, I mean. Uh, shit, I think it was 50 degrees here today, and in three days it'll be 85. Well, it was 92 last Saturday. I got sunburned at the baseball game. Uh-huh. The next day I was chilly. The next day I was cold. It makes it a great environment for aging and, and barreling whiskeys in did, Texas. Did we just come up with a new side gig in Lubbock? I mean, I, sure. Why, why not? Threesies whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, whiskey. With legs. What do y'all think of the bourbon? First of all, what do y'all think of this bourbon? First of all, I I can't believe that those bottles were that cheap. I bought the mini ones. Bullet makes a phenomenal whiskey. I I actually like this. Like, a lot of people kind of turn their nose up at it. To bullet or to bourbon? To bullet. Okay. Um, I like it. Like, it's not as kind of sweet finishing as the, the Texas Ranger was. Right. But I think a lot of times you're kind of looking for that in a bourbon. You're looking for the less sweet end of the spectrum. I agree. Um, this is a little off topic because we're not going into that type of whiskey tonight. This will be whiskey and knowledge part two. But rye whiskey, if you'll ask, and I've, I've looked this up, uh, bartenders that are worth their money in gold, if you order a Manhattan, because a Manhattan needs to be rye in order to be a real Manhattan, will go bullet rye 100% of the time. That says a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. Had a really, really good old-fashioned last night at the Double Nickel. Yeah. Dude muddled the orange. Shout out Lisa West. She did it all for her kids, Connor and Camille. Fantastic bartender back there. (laughs) Really? Made it with uh, Booker's. Booker's. Never had it. Booker's is a great whiskey. It's hard to find. It's mm-hmm. kind of kind of one that I started on. It's it's uh, I think it's like 136 proof. Yeah, like it's up there. Uh, but fantastic. Well, with the one thing I've noticed noticed kind of all around for bourbons, like you said, it's not. I don't think it's just the bullet in general. It's not as sweet of a whiskey as you're going to get from other different categories, right? I think to me personally, at least. Bourbon has more of a bite, kind of like that, kind of hits you in the feels more than other categories and avenues of whiskey, personally. It's because of the barrels. So, like, one of the real popular whiskeys right now is Angel's Envy. Mm -hmm. Love it. It's fantastic whiskey. Cool bottle, but it's aged in rum barrels. Okay. Can't do that with a bourbon. Right. Has to be a brand new. So, you think a lot of that kind of, I say bite for lack of a better term, has to do with the fresh wood. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. And it actually make and I knew I knew that uh you had to have a new barrel for bourbon. Right. That makes a lot of sense as to why because I really do feel like a blind taste test. If only one was a bourbon, you could probably point that out. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not by the actual flavor, but kind of the the feel on the lips and the tongue. The well, feel and, of tongue. Yeah, and the I mean, but that adds lips. a little bit to that that American pride. Yeah. If you will. I'll give you that. It's, I mean, all of it has to be made, and that was done back in the '60s for trade purposes for the U.S. Okay, it was a 
big deal for us to be able to export and trade and, and collect tariffs and, tra- and and taxes and things like that. Okay. So it was uh, it was a big deal. There was a lot of presidential hands on bourbon itself. Okay. It was. Uh, what year did that happen? Sixty four. Sixty four was when the Congress declared bourbon um, U.S. only. Kind of gave it its own name and and labeled what it is to where it has to be a certain way. Give me some more facts. You've got like three pages. I've got, I've got a lot. Well, since we brought up, uh, you know, congressional laws, can you talk about what bottled and bond means? Indeed, I can. Um, so the bottled and bond, and you will actually see uh, bottles that actually have that put on the label. That was an act done in 1897. Um, it, Essentially, what it does is it guarantees the quality of your bourbon. Okay. And the reason why they had to do that was because so many people were coming in and saying, "This is this is bourbon whiskey. This is this is whiskey," and it was like ever clear with shoe polish and a touch of honey to give it color and flavor, like actual like, like actual for real. shoe polish and ever clear. So, okay, if I may quickly, you may. Okay, this is why I'm here, right? Because I know a lot of stuff about weird things. This is kind of why we needed you. Okay, Bottled and Bond had to start because of what JP said about people were just throwing whatever they could find in their whiskey to the point that uh, if you've ever heard the term teetotaler. I'm not. um, Teetotalers was an actual sort of a political faction that started the push against uh, being able to sell alcohol. Alcohol was such a problem from really Civil War, end of the Civil War, up until passing of Prohibition. it, people were drinking themselves to death. Sure. Pr- at a pretty high rate. Now, would you say that's because of ingredients or because people are like don't really know as much as we know and just don't know when to stop? Yes. Pr- pr- yeah, probably yes. a combination. Okay. Um, but I, I said all that to get to this. The reason that we pay income taxes now uh-huh. was in lieu of... Uh, the tax on alcohol at the time. So what they did is there was a pretty substantial tax on alcohol. Um, They decided that instead of doing that, they were going to start taxing income. So if you want to go back (laughs) to the old days, and I would be highly in favor of this, let's go back to increasing the alcohol tax because I think you'd have a lot more success with people being agreeable to paying a substantial tax on their alcohol. As opposed, the, as opposed to paying a substantial tax on the amount of money that you make, so we have alcohol to blame for taxes, essentially. Yeah, income tax. Yeah. Fuck there, you, Bucky. Was it Bucky Dent? <laughs> I, so George Washington was actually the first one to put a whiskey tax out there. Okay, um, that was done in 1794. Wow. Yeah. If we if we want to trace this all the way back, because 51 percent or more is corn we go back to the native americans great they were the ones that really got the corn going i mean that's that's where that grain really originated originated from from, but jefferson president jefferson in 1802 
did away with the whiskey tax. Okay. Um, also was the one that, and this will come up later, but in Kentucky gifted 60 acres to the farmers. Okay. Named now Bourbon County. Oh. Bourbon County sounds to me like we need to take a douche trip. <laughs> yeah. They've actually got a, like, how, bourbon yeah, trails. Are there? They've got a ton of like bourbon trails and stuff that you can do. They say minimum of like a four day trip oh because God, you're just be absolutely amazing. smashed. <laughs> wow. They talk about you. You can actually go to the crow's nest and see the overlook of where they age stuff. There's really cool stuff about it. Um, but yeah, lots of presidential hands on bourbon itself. So Washington. Okay. George Wooden Teeth, Awesome Washington. Electricity. No, not that guy. Oh. Whiskey's um, a very political oh, It really is. Um, Through the course of history. But George Washington was actually the largest distiller and one of the first distillers in America after his presidency. Like, fuck it, I've done my good deed. I'm going to go make whiskey. Actually, no. So oh. what he did, so our fun fact on uh, where it came from, when we took our first drink and I said, to your health. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that when they toast. Mm-hmm. It actually originated from bourbon whiskey. Okay. Back in the day, when it was originated. Which was a Wednesday. From, no, it was on a Tuesday. Uh, it was considered medicine, right? It was. So it was a byproduct. It was what was left over for these farmers. It was it was an excess product of the corn and grains, and they decided to mash it and play with it and distill it and, and, and figure out what they could do with it. When they figured out that they could make a whiskey out of it, then it became not only a, a, a medicine, but it also became currency. You could you could barter and exchange and, and do stuff with it. Sure. President Washington, watching what's going on, and towards the end of the Civil War, realized how many soldiers were truly using this as a medicine. Every single morning they were getting up to take a shot in a, bur- a bourbon or whiskey or whatever they had as a medicine for their aches and their pains from running the battlefields right. and being sore. Because truthfully, I mean, if you think about it, when you take a shot of whiskey, your sore soldier or shoulder stops hurting. It, Certainly it, start worrying it, to stop worrying about it. So I was going to say that. Like, <laughs> it, it, you don't notice the pain. Now, the question is, is am I no longer hurting or is it I don't really give a shit that I'm hurting? Yeah. Either way, who cares? It's time to go to battle. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, working. It cured their ills, whether it be mental or actually truly physical. Have y'all ever wondered, because I've wondered this and I almost got to the bottom of it, on... The first glass of alcohol ever. And who was it that decided, first of all, if we mix this, this, and this, and we mix it with the right amount of water, We're and we ferment. some shit here. <laughs> okay? No, I want to hear do. what you I think have. I this all the time. It is like, who decided? And, and then, like, this, this shit's been sitting out. And who decided, let's drink this to see what happens? And then that let's person starts goofing off and acting like a dumbass. Grapes sit here for two months. I'm going to stomp on them barefoot. <laughs> okay, so go that's, back that's even That's 200 further. years later. Imagine some of the, like, the first humanoids who, you know, took flesh. Uh, you essentially, I don't even want to say hunted because I don't, 
more and more the 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 theory is that they didn't hunt animals to extinction that they scavenged leftovers right uh before they started hunting them okay so imagine the first sets of humans that scavenged flesh off of dead mammoths and giant sloths and whatever else and thought oh you know what I wonder what it would taste like or what it what it would feel like if we threw this on top of a fire first. I think that's take a that, thing. Take like, that off and, oh, we no longer like, have to eat imagine it raw. Imagine that spark. Yep. One one individual had to have that idea at some point. Isn't that crazy? In the course of history. Isn't right. that crazy? Like fell in so, the fire and it was like, that <laughs> smells good. <laughs> <laughs> My foot smells amazing that's, right now. <laughs> that smells uh, so, so much better than gangrene. A good buddy of mine. Lionel Ramirez. So, if you two guys or any of you listeners out there Is would Lionel Richie Ramirez, that's what I heard. Oh, I heard Lionel Richie. I'll say that too. Hello? Is it me? I'm looking for. I'm not even joining that. <laughs> we'll not play your game on that one. We know which guy you are in the three way. <laughs> um, if you want to know anything and everything about cartel shit. You're going to listen to the podcast I'm going to do with my bud, Lionel. Lionel is that guy that knows a little bit about everything. Um, he's... Yeah. We're actually naming this. It's fucking hilarious. I'm getting off topic, but I don't give a shit. So Arturo, y'all know Arturo due to the Would You Rather? Oh, the laugher. That just happened last week. Um, <laughs> Lionel, very proud of his heritage. Native American. He's got a really long, really long hair braids it every morning like he's native and he's damn proud of it and i fucking love him for that right yeah so we're gonna do the cartel thing like he knows so much about cartel he's got some really cool like closer stories with it that are really interesting (laughs) arturo the other day i was talking to lionel about hey we need to do our cartel one i think i'm just gonna name it cartel shit with lionel (laughs) and arturo not not even knowing he's listening he's over there doing his job and he just goes Cartels and ponytails. <laughs> Is that not the best name ever? Like a bar or something. Cartels and ponytails. Cartels and ponytails. That's excellent. Is going to be the name of this uh, podcast oh, we're doing, Lionel. I digress. So the reason I even bring Lionel up is... You hey, don't digress. Having said that... Having said that, yeah, thank that you was, so much. Wow, that's good whiskey, apparently. Because <laughs> you forgot the name of your own damn podcast. Is this Sam not... Brand. It's Come not... On, win, lose, or tie right now? What's going on? <laughs> He actually did the research, and he's traced it back to the late 1400s. Um, that's as far back as he could find. Right. I feel like he does his research. Um, it's a long time ago. To where fermented fruits, and it was essentially like a good sangria. And I, I don't remember. It's like, don't quote me on any of this, but, you know, like a higher up, like a king type person that got to drink it and discovered, like, I feel really good. But it was leftover fruit. That they kind of forgot about that was in a bowl that set out for long enough to actually do its own fermenting. Wow. That's where wine came from. That's the the longest wine you could find from the most native people. Or no, 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 just... no. This is worldwide. This wasn't American. Um, I'm gonna say Greece. That could be true. I need. That, I should. I mean, if I would have thought of it, I would have asked Lionel. But mead is pretty ancient too. Mm-hmm. This was yeah, and it could be that's the furthest he could find from the first person who ever got drunk. Meat out. That's like Viking-esque. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll have to ask Lionel and add it somewhere in a, in a podcast at some point. Pretty cool. Kind of stuff. <laughs> Pretty neat, though, right? What else cool. you got on bourbon whiskey, there, Mister right, Cotton? So, uh, so the story goes: if, 
if, if you will indulge me with a, with a brief story here. Um, so you have, you have Kentucky, which uh, is home to 95% of the world's bourbon. I was going to ask that. Okay. 95% comes out of Kentucky. Um, which, which is probably why a lot of people think that yeah, bourbon is a lot to is do with Kentucky. that misconception of, of it has to be from ah, the pellet cleanse. Okay. Hold on. Um, that it has to be from Kentucky. Yes. There is Texas bourbon. There is. There there's there's is bourbon Tennessee everywhere. Bourbon. There's bourbons everywhere as long as it follows in within the rules of what a bourbon truly is. Okay. Um, so the story what, goes. What a bourbon? What a bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> what a bourbon. That is that like a byproduct of yeah. what a burger? What a burger. I like it. So the story goes, uh the area was settled in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um let me check my dates. Kentucky actually became part of the Union in seventeen ninety two. Okay. Um where a whole lot of the French merchants start settling early 1800s along the Ohio River, uh, the Mississippi River, down that area. The reason why they did that was because it was extremely fruitful. Um, The the water, believe it or not, was extremely uh, filtered. Okay. And a lot of things would would grow based upon that, Um, and it is filtered by the limestone in the ground in Kentucky. So that made the water extremely good. It made it to where it would actually run through the stills. Sure. But things grew extremely well in that area. It's just that black soil. It's amazing when you're talking about distilling certain spirits. Yeah, it takes good ingredients. It takes good people that know what they're doing, right? Like you can't have a dumbass in there and expect to make money off of this. (laughs) But really what it boils down to is your region and to – the natural, the minerals, the the vitamins and everything that's coming from the ground is you may have just hit prime real estate for this specific type of oh, absolutely. of alcohol more than more than who's making it, right? A lot of things have to accidentally go right. Absolutely. To come together. It's pretty cool. That is absolutely right. So the way it all went down is they were making this out of the leftovers. Okay. Essentially from the grains and stuff. That because they didn't want it to spoil. You know, I mean, that's their money. That's their livelihood. So they figured out a way to make whiskey out of leftover corn and wheat and barley and stuff like that. And we're just going to reuse, yeah. In the springtime, they got the rains. All the creeks and rivers would rise, and they would put all of this in barrels and float it down the river to Louisiana. It went from the Ohio River down the Mississippi down into what we know is New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans, I don't know if y'all have ever been, but New Orleans is extremely, it's got like that French heritage. It's right. extremely exactly. populated in the French community. Sure. So they were drinking brandy. Okay. So these guys are floating all this whiskey down river during spring. It's a couple of months. So not only is it. This is just in the whiskey barrels. Yeah. Okay. That's all, that's all we're doing. This is prior to the bottled and bond. Yeah. So it's still just coming down in big wooden barrels. They're putting them on rafts, and they're floating them down the river. It's a couple of months. Yeah. It's sloshing back and forth. It's going through different cold spells, hot spells. It's shrinking. It's extracting. It's all this cool stuff. It gets down there, 
and they're selling it to the French in Louisiana. Okay. So there's some controversy over the name bourbon. Okay. To me, that's kind of French as it is. Bourbon? Yeah. It bourbon. Is. It actually, yeah, that's one that. of the stories behind it is there is a French family that helped during the war, and that was why Jefferson named the county of the 60 acres Bourbon County. If you speak of uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. isn't it called Bourbon Street? There is a Bourbon Street. That's the other That's the other theory behind it. So okay. They're floating this whiskey downriver. Yeah. Um, to New Orleans. To New Orleans, where all the French are there hanging out. Having I don't know, time. Lloyd. The French are assholes. <laughs> wow. That's great. Cheese eating surrender monkeys. Wow. I concerned the Simpsons. I can't no, take you claim for that one. Um, and, and it wasn't selling great. So they were they went down there and checked it out, figured out what was selling, which was the brandy. Right. Brandy is aged in charred barrels. Okay. So they went, well, shit, why don't we just burn our barrels? Yeah. And mimic what brandy is with our whiskey. Okay. They started charring the barrels and sent it downstream. Took off. They loved it. Everybody started drinking it on Bourbon Street. Well, then after spring and the, and the creeks drop, you're, you're riding riverboats, you're driving steamboats back north. Everybody's saying, hey, let me have some of that whiskey off of Bourbon Street. Let me have some of that Bourbon Street whiskey. And they let me have some of that maybe bourbon. Maybe it shortened down to, let me have some of that bourbon whiskey. So the, I like that idea that bourbon got the name from Bourbon Street as opposed to... The French? Bourbon Street got the name from bourbon. It's just a lot cooler that that one little strip has now named what we all know and it's, love. It's very possible. I, I like that theory. I'm going to use it as the reason. I looked at a lot of different sites. A lot of said that there was an older family from... France that helped during the war and President were Jefferson was like, Hey, I'm giving you sixty acres, we're gonna name it after you, cool. President Jefferson was pretty French friendly. Yeah. He lived there. That was kind him. of the last time they did anything. <laughs> <laughs> For the United States. Like that, I, I, that story's a lot less cool than the floating down the river bourbon. So let's just staple it now or planting the black flag. We floated that, it down. People asked for Bourbon yeah. Street whiskey. Bourbon came from the street, not the All other road. Right. I'm going to give you a, here's where it came from. Okay. You ready for this? When yep. you're floating it down prior to putting it in a bottle, you would burn your name in the side of the top of the barrel. Yeah. Whether it came from this distillery or that distillery. Exactly, yeah. Landry's distillery. Mm-hmm. It's going to be burned into the side, also branded like you do cattle. Hence where the phrase brand name Came from. No, you shut the fuck wow. up. You're welcome. Yeah, you went deep there. Nice. Oh, I've got another one. <laughs> Hang tight. So it's brand name. I, I got to remember that one. Uh, brand name comes yeah. from that. Branding from your branding name. Branding their name on the side. Who would have ever thought that? I know. That's pretty strange. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, now that you say that out loud, like that makes total sense. Yeah. How long has branding anything been around? Like, that's how you had to do it. Like, yeah. I had to brand. burn my name on that for people to understand it, where they came from. We still do it to this day on cattle. Yeah. You burn your brand on the side of it so that you know that it is yours. It's branding the cattle. They branded the barrels. 
and it became the brand name. Wow. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. I sir. love worthless information that'll yes. never get me. Another, another cool thing. Um, <laughs> that's how you win at Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> that's your hint why Cassandra didn't even know what the game, game is. That has pie pieces. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the story of how, how it became, how, how it went down the river, how it went to Louisiana. Um, another cool thing, a lot of people talk about the Angel's Share. Have you ever heard of the Angel's Share of whiskey or bourbon? Mm-mm. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there it is. There's that, in theory, as it ages over two to four to eight, whatever. Some, right? Yeah. It evaporates. The average is 2% per barrel. Correct. And they call that the angel's share. What I I find cool about that is the whiskey that we were just talking about, Angel's Envy, is what they didn't get, what was left in the barrel. Because, Whoa! There you go. Mindfuck. You're welcome. I don't know who started Angel's Envy, but clearly they're listening to this specific podcast. Yeah. Well done on your name. Yeah. So the Angel share goes up to it the Angels. Right? Yeah. The Angels are envious of the 98% left in the barrel. Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's an average of 2% that gets lost per barrel. Right. Can I kind of burst your bubble a little Jump bit? In there. The angel share is didn't really come from bourbon first. Where did it come from? I'll tell you in a minute. Thank is you for asking. Whiskey? I'll tell you in a minute. Thank All you right, for asking. Um, I love the angel's envy. Yeah, I've got another one. This is the last little little, little nugget that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you your podcast back, and I'm going to I'm going no, to is Ty King and say, "Go ahead." This is you're the guest, so the guest speaks. So you know, we went through the depression. It was hard on on that um, on the alcohol market. They actually jumped in in the 30s and said, you know, hey, we need these distillers to start making rubber products. We're gonna, we need your alcohol to, to help with the wars. Tried to keep them going. So when we all come out of that, you go into your your 60s and 70s, the flower children, those type of folks, and there was a stigma of of that. I don't call them 20 somethings mm. that they didn't necessarily trust anyone over the age of 30. Yeah. That's just the way that it was. It's kind of the way that it is. Still. That's still possible. Um, But it carried into what they wanted to drink. So in the 60s and 70s, while the bourbon and the whiskey and everybody's trying to come back. Yeah. The 60s and 70s children were saying, hey, we're not about that. Right. We don't want to drink what our parents and our grandparents drank. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go down this lighter path. Okay. We're talking tequila. We're talking vodka. Vodka, that was a big one. Gin. We want something lighter. A little yeah. botanically. That yeah. actually makes sense with the gin. Right. Okay. So we're going to go down this lighter path. All of a sudden, whiskey drops. Everybody goes, what the hell do we do? Yeah. Well, let's lighten whiskey. So at the time, it was 100 proof. That was that was roughly where everybody was coming in is at, a, at 100 proof whiskey. 50% ABV. Yes, sir. They said, we'll back down. Okay. Any clue what number that was? You ever seen a lighter whiskey? 38. No. Percent. 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 Not proof. Sorry. Well, the Texas Ranger we had, I noticed, was 40%. It's 40%. 80 proof. Yeah. You're still at 80 proof. So what they did was they backed down to 86. Proof. 86 proof. From 100 down to 86 per 43% ABV. Correct. Really like that you jump in there on that. Rain man shit. 
<laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Kmart. So. Kmart sucks. <laughs> they drop it from 100 down to 86 proof to lighten it up to right. have the 60s and 70s start drinking. You get everybody what a bunch of up. pussies. Right? You think you're killing the whiskey, right? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been in a restaurant? Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Yeah, multiple. Have you worked in a restaurant? I have not. No. Okay, have you ever heard the phrase 86, 86 it? it? Yep. Yep. We ran out of ribeyes. 86, 86 ribeyes. Or you could even say like, hey, I need a burger on the fly, 86 the tomatoes. Right. Kill it. Don't do with it. They 86 the whiskey. Ooh, it's 86 30. proof. Nice. I that used that term all the time when yeah. I was working in a restaurant. When I never you knew the eighty six seventies. Get rid of it, right? So they eighty six the whiskey. They killed it. I feel like what we could have just changed this podcast into is worthless information. You killed it. <laughs> yeah, you're eighty six in it. Yeah, absolutely eighty six it. Um, wow. So, yeah. Thank so you. That's for that. what happened in the sixties, seventies, eighties. The '90s is when the full flavor bourbon whiskey everything right. started kind of coming back, back a little bit. Yeah, everybody went, "Why the hell did we ever do that?" It's much more of an interesting product. Yeah, more better, yeah, more better more is better. what we're getting to. Yes, agreed. It, with the higher, higher alcohol proof. content, yep. yeah, and the stronger ingredients mm. and the better aging process. So yeah, wow. that's. I mean, I've got other. Ah, I've got other dates. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a full timeline of bourbon. Yeah. Um, that we can take from 1776 during the Revolutionary War so, um, all the way to 1984. I will gladly do a bourbon podcast with you. We can do that. <sighs> okay. um, yeah, so that's what I've got, man. Okay, I loved that. You go ahead. Go ahead? Go ahead. Are we good here? Relinquish the mic. I've, I've stepped away for a moment. So now that Mr. JP has schooled the shit out of us on bourbon... I'm going to go to what I consider my favorite type of whiskey, my favorite avenue, my favorite category of whiskey. Scotch whiskey. Bring it on. Scotch, uh, I will tell you now, is an acquired taste. JP, about, um, let's see, we're in about 12 years ago. Excuse me, 13 years ago now. I tasted scotch for the first time in my life. You keep drinking without the rest of us. No. You're breaking I'm, all rules. I'm not. You're just behind. <laughs> I got hot, man. I had to go short sleep. Ironically enough, this story happened about a block that way. Yeah, really? Yeah. About 100 yards. <laughs> just right down the road. Were you there? Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I feel shocked. Mark's sitting here. Um, Were you legal to drink 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah. I was 21. It was 13 years ago. I was 21. He's holding a glass much like this one with uh, uh, a content in it much like this one. He's like, hey, man, try this. Cool. What's that? Keep in mind, I'm 21. What do you do with alcohol at 21? Do you sip it? No. You take big gulps, right? This is where the term that him and I have held on to forever, scotch face, comes from. I take a drink and like it kicked my ass. Like, what the fuck is that? He's like, dude, that's scotch. I'm like, I don't like scotch. I'm out. Because... I just saw it. Yeah. I just saw yes. the scotch face. It was, it was amazing. the most amazing. Like, right. everything shook. And I remember, like, kind of hating Mark at the moment. Like, well, I don't know what you just did to me. Imagine when you taste an alcohol and your soul quivers. That's what that face is. I may need to post a video of scotch face. Hated it. 
have grown over the years to love it, and now it is my go-to sipping whiskey, um, kind of hanging out. Pour me a glass of scotch. Okay. I prefer scotch over any other avenue of whiskey. I prefer scotch over any category of alcohol. Wow. Okay. That's bold. Love scotch. Okay. It's just funny how time catches up and yeah. here What's we are. distinguished. Right. So first scotch. and foremost, scotch. by scotch. law, you talked about the laws. It's 007. Scotch. 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 I love scotch. Um... You talked about bourbon and the laws of bourbon, correct? Yes. Would you like to share with the class? Well, yeah, I would, actually. I'm going to take you back to bourbon. I'm going to put a pen in it. I'm going to bring it back because in 1967, Jim Beam uh-huh. hired Sean Connery with the with the caterpillars on, on his face. Rest in peace. To be the spokesperson for Jim Beam as... Bond, James wow. Bond, which is weird because well. Bond was all about the martini, sure, and he was Scottish. That's odd in every way, shape, and form. I'll have a scotch, please, and thank you. That wasn't that horrible was by any means. <laughs> that was great. So, scotch to be a scotch has to be from Scotland, Agreed. okay? Has to be. Mark's okay. taking his finger up at me as if he there, was there's challenge an me. element, though. That's not exclusively Scottish. Hey, Kaylee. It has to be distilled in Scotland. It has to be aged in Scotland. Okay. But what it's aged in is not Scottish. (laughs) Back to bourbon. Purple asterisk. There it is. Are we tasting this yet, buddy? Yeah, so a a little bit ago, um, I had told y'all to remind me. So JP didn't choose me. You're welcome. Nope, didn't uh, count. It's up. Sure no. live. <laughs> so what we're tasting right now is called Spay River. It's um, not terrible at all. This little, this bit of lottle. <laughs> we're talking in cursive now. Is about $2.50. Oh, we stepped it up. Keep in mind, these are the smaller bottles. Tell me that's not a phenomenal sip of whiskey. Okay, it's hard to tell though because the two times that I've had this, mm-hmm. I've I've had brown <laughs> alcohol in front of it. It is already a little toasty. Yeah, I so can my tell cheek, you, my cheeks are like, warm. I'm nice and smiley. It's really good. I would never steer either one of y'all wrong. I would buy this bottle over and over. The big one. Okay. Scotch is the most complex and interesting brown liquor you can come across. Hundred percent. So what I did, ironically, because I almost bought another one, see what kind of casks that was in. Just because of what we just talked about. It's a bourbon cask finish. No, no, no. It's not a rule. It's just a – I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. Okay. So keep in mind you have to be in Scotland to have scotch. Okay. That's where the distilleries come from. Okay. There are different regions. I believe there are seven. Nobody quote me on that, but I know it's very close to regions of Scotland. Um to where these distilleries come from. Um, what I personally would say is by far without question, the best. And I will also say that are there seven areas or are there seven in the area? Mm, nope. 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 That's distilleries. Okay. So you have, um, the Islay, which I firmly believe 
makes the best scotch. That's in a region of Scotland. That's I-S-L-A-Y. Some people will tell you Island, Isle. No, it's called Islay. I've done my research, okay? There's Speyside, S-P-E-Y side, which is actually which the one we're drinking Spey River comes from. I'm going to guess this is on a river at Speyside. It's kind of, okay? Um, There are a couple more regions. I can't remember what they are. Uh, Doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter since we're American. It doesn't matter since we're American. Yeah, exactly. It matters if you're from Scotland. I had so them written down. Scottish as I was saying, it doesn't we matter. We apologize because it matters to you. As I was saying, it doesn't matter. It does, but I couldn't find it where I said it, so I just tried to change the subject quick. All of you listeners wearing your kilts and whatnot Ooh, would terribly apologize. Fucking spot on. Y'all want to drink your scotch? That's more Irish. How come everything I do sound like I'm a fucking, sup a oh, fucking leprechaun? Yeah, so, you really good. <laughs> that was really good. So you talk about Austin, the, the different Austin regions, the right? Let me. So, Islay, I S L E Y. Bring us back. I've had what I believe is probably the best distillery of any whiskey i've ever had it's from the islay of scotland would be a bottle of brook lottie okay how do you spell that b-r-u-c-h-l-a-d-d-i-c-h brook lottie wow okay that's it that's how much this bottle that means was to straight me. up spelling bee you tried brook lottie turquoise bottle oh i did have that that's it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a nurse no surgery a couple of Thanksgivings ago. Twice. I was about half a day from healing, and my wife fucked my nose up. And her way of saying I really didn't mean to do that found me a bottle of Brook Lottie. Um, I found this from a documentary. So everybody out there that may probably not listen anymore, but if they are. Watch this documentary on Amazon called Scotch the Golden Dream. Ah, it's really good. It's yeah. phenomenal. You learn, if you scotch. like brown liquor, even watch if you don't like scotch, stuff. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, I, I've watched that one as so well. So the it's reason, and, and, and it follows a couple different people, but it follows a main guy who, who was the owner at the time, owner operator of Brook Lottie. But the reason I talk about the Islay so much, I always thought this was interesting because. Prior to watching this documentary, I'd heard that the Islay scotches usually make the best because they're right on the ocean and it has to do with the salt water. Okay, So my mind goes to we're getting water. We have an unlimited supply of super cold ocean water, right? That's what we're just dealing with. There's no, no reason. No, no, no. I said this is where my mind was okay, going. Okay, okay. <laughs> It's wrong. I don't That's see any reason why that couldn't be wrong, right? Well, as I start to watch it now, this doesn't necessarily have to be, but most scotches, when we talk about different grains, are coming from barley. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, bourbon has to be corn. Scotch can be any of the grains. It just so happens that the majority of the scotches, at least the ones that are worth their weight in gold, the second time I've said that, it's not like second time I've said it in my life. Don't know why I keep saying that. You're going to go barley. Okay. You've said it twice in your life and both. I've never said that, and I just caught myself saying, like, why do I keep fucking saying that? Okay. So, on Islay, for some reason, a lot of these distilleries, either they grow their own, harvest their own barley, 
Some of them, maybe not, but they did at least buy it. But they're buying straight from the Islay, okay? Okay. Brook Lottie, which I mentioned, grows wrong, okay? You, the reason that it tastes, for some reason, that saltwater content that's coming in off the ocean, because we're growing our barley, I'm talking right on the bay of the ocean, right? Right, right. That saltwater content gets into the soil and for some reason makes barley taste so much different than not only anywhere else. I mean, you're just talking anywhere else in Scotland. No one can compete with the flavor that the barley comes from, right? And you can't compete with it. It's like what we talked about earlier with the bourbon and coming from Kentucky and what you're getting with the minerals and the rocks and stuff. It's the same idea with the barley and the salt content. I actually had that in my notes. Really? Yeah. So that's why the Islay... If you can find on your bottle of scotch, Islay, mm-hmm. I promise you you're going to buy it. I promise you you're not going to be upset with it. I think, don't quote me on this number, I think there's 11 distilleries on Islay. Well, that's strangely what I was just looking at. So, Aradnaho, Kilkoman, uh, Bunahabin, which I will tell you is fantastic. Bunahabin is uh, amazing. Balmore, uh, this one I don't even know. Cowell Isla Distillery, uh, Lost Ockmore, Isla Gin, Port Ellen, Lagavulin, which we've had. Lagavulin. Oh, man, that one. That's good stuff. Yep. So and now that you say that, honestly, there is a bit of a salty. You can pick it up, right? Yeah. You can pick it up. <coughs> uh, so a minute ago, you talked about this is the uh, purple asterisk. Yes. Bring okay. it back. Purple. We brought up earlier, by we, I mean JP did, that one of the rules of bourbons was what to do with the cask. Has to be brand new. Has to be brand new. Okay. Cannot be used again. So something that Scotch distillery owners do to save money, because I can go out on a limb and tell you right now that owning or to buy a brand new whiskey barrel cask, whatever you want to call it, it's not going to be a cheap feat. And you're buying tons at a time in order to distill whiskey, right? So what they're doing, these bourbon people over in the States, you can use that one time and you're chunking it, right? People buy them for cool decorations. Mark has two in his backyard and they're badass. Do you need to come check them out, really? I'm so jealous. That's ridiculously cool. My cousin's husband. hole and everything. (laughs) Wow. Bruce, my cousin's husband, shout out Bruce Flaggy, the biggest whiskey connoisseur I know, has turned a whiskey barrel into his whiskey cabinet and is fucking sick. Okay. But switching gears here. So they get this shipped over, and I'm talking like not 10 at a time, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds at a time, shipped over to Scotland. So a lot of the scotches that you're drinking, I I don't know for sure, but probably the majority of them, are actually distilled and used bourbon barrels. Okay, so is that one of the qualifications for whiskey made in Scotland to be considered Scotch that it's aged in a I don't I don't believe bourbon it is. barrel. I don't think it has to. <laughs> it does not have to be. It's just really smart uh Reuse. Like they're CFOs and shit. Like, hey, y'all want to save some money to make your whiskey just a little bit better? Let's get the bourbons from the states because they're the chunking deal. them in the trash getting, anyways. Doesn't have to be bourbon aged red wines now. They're yeah, selling about these. That with this one yeah, with the Oak and Eden. Yeah, yeah so shout like out to Oak and Eden, by the way. Right. Give it. A, give it a little shout out there, yeah. Henry. So now, <laughs> <a little> shout out. <laughs> Oak and Eden, come on the podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that was that was the experiment wine or wine whiskey combo. But no, so they they figured out weird fact, there are more barrels of bourbon in the state of Kentucky than there are people. That's fucking crazy. And then nuts. But see like this one right here that we're drinking now is a bourbon cask finish, right? Okay. So is, that it wouldn't uh, say that if all of them came from bourbon barrels. It's just really smart. Like, hey, if they're going to – let's save okay, some money. Okay, but then you're creating your own supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're saying like this is a standard for, for how we're going to age our whiskey, that it has to be in – You make partnerships. Yeah, it has to be aged in bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. You're already kind of creating your own demand out of that. Right. I mean, that's a pretty smart also, business. It's a genius business. I mean, we're going to buy it for you half, half the price. They've got the same product. And if they go and, and let's say they hook up with Jim Beam and say, we want to buy 10,000 barrels from you. And they buy them over the next six years. I'm just throwing numbers out like I know what, how many barrels they run through. But they build this, this partnership with them to where this one product, we're going to take the next 10,000 barrels is going to make this bourbon barrel aged but then we're going to take the other ones and we're going to put them in our own other barrel so they made one product into two different yeah, yeah now you two different products two different items yeah, yeah. exactly and, and, and there again it just goes it's exactly right what your palate is i've had sherry oak cask yeah finish. yeah, yeah. when i taste scotch now there's been a couple i personally i didn't realize it until i've had the same bottle that i love that the two of you can both agree on that you fucking hate Okay. Oh, the smoky. The smoky one. Uh, the, uh, uh, that Lagavulin we had, It's a. So it bad. was an expensive bottle. Yeah. It was expensive a, trash is what it is. No, you're thinking like of a different drinking one. drinking a campfire, man. Like, yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's the, the Kilkelman. <laughs> that's the too, yeah. Well, both of those, yes. I enjoy both of those very much. I sip on them a lot. Yeah, that's awful. I didn't realize. If you like that flavor, yeah. go to H-E-B. Shout out to Texas H-E-B. And get you some liquid can smoke. I like just a good sip on smoky that. flavor. Because that's what it is. It's a chemical smoke. That's all it is. Put a nipple on a bottle of liquid <laughs> smoke. <laughs> put, it on a, put a little ice in it. And sip on that. Because it's awful. But uh, you talk about... So you talked about earlier about like... So when it, whiskey is sitting in a bottle, it swells, it evaporates. It swells, it evaporates. Correct? But not evaporates, but yes. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it does. Like you, it you does. You do. Content, but no, right? you're 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 expanding and contracting. So, actually, in um, having Scotland, said having said that, brand, the man. the weather is so obscure, way different than here. Like you can Absolutely. imagine how freezing cold it gets in Scotland with it soaking into the wood and releasing those flavors are going to be better than almost any whiskey you're ever going to have just because of the climate change in Scotland and how cold it gets to how hot it gets. Okay. Well, okay. Now this is something that I've heard and I don't know the truth behind this, but part of the reason why scotch takes a minute when I say a minute years, more years than it does in an American made is because their climate hangs very close to that 70 degree mark mm. now it will there's get a, cold there's not the swings there's not the huge here. swings like you do in texas or you do in kentucky or whatever so it takes longer for that contracting 
to actually go through the aging process and get the color, get the wood yeah. flavor, get yep. get that type of deal. Yep. So, like, you don't want a four-year scotch. Whereas no. here in Texas, you can absolutely take a four-year whiskey. At, that's a great point. It's a great point. Okay, hold on, though. <clears throat> One of the first scotches I ever tasted that turned me on to scotch was a brand I'd never heard of. It's called Deanston. And it's it's the the virgin uh, version of their scotch, which means it's aged the bare minimum. Yep. Which I think is three years. Three years. Quickly. Hundred percent. It's woo. It's wild, but you get crazy. Deanston virgin oak is some of the best scotch. It's amazing. It's so good, right? So good. If if you. And it's not smooth at all. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that you're going to taste and go, oh, that's like nice. It's so nice. It's right? fucking delicious, it, it though. Go, it goes all over the place taste-wise. Yep. But it's so good. It's some of the best scotch you'll ever get. It's $35. But there's such a stigma with scotch, man. Like, there's that's that distinguished yep. gentleman drink. It really is. Um, that's probably why I, I kind of started sipping on it. I James Bond on it. I mean, yeah. I, I, scotch. Like, that's just, that's what well, it is. You get your acquired taste, and a lot of people have told me, I can't stand scotch, I'm going to stick to whiskey. Scotch <laughs> is a whiskey. Okay? Yeah. And, and I guarantee you, they had the smoky end of whatever scotch they were drinking. That's 100% correct. Here, I'm going I'm to burst a couple of female bubbles here. You ready? Champagne. Mm-hmm. And sparkling wine. We're not doing a wine podcast. No, but I'm, I'm just going to... It's He's the same thing as the scotch. I mean, I get it. Okay. okay. Champagne is champagne from that region. has to be from the region and the valley of Champagne. Okay. France. France, right? To be called Champagne. It's a no different. sparkling wine is the same damn thing. From anywhere else. Anywhere else. It's a sparkling wine That's is a champagne. That's a good champagne. point. Okay. Is, I like so that. So a whiskey is a scotch. Is a, is a, a, is a bourbon, right. Right. Now, let me ask you guys a question, okay? Because I mentioned Scotch, the Golden Dream. The Not the shower. Documentary. Thank you, because every time I say the Golden Dream, I feel so fucking dirty saying it. It's the Golden Dream. The Golden Shower hate pod. It's a solid baritone. Okay. (laughs) Baritone. Um... Would you guys, like, if you're going to shop, okay, I'm giving you each 250 bucks, right? You're going to go straight to the store, spend it on what you want. Are you going for age on scotch? We can talk about all whiskeys, but this is scotch side. And really, I think the age, when you're talking really good aged whiskey, scotch really, really, really kind of sets the tone for when you're looking for ages. A lot of whiskeys aren't telling you what their age is. Scotch is almost always. Yeah, I don't think... Age specifically dictates how good it is. Okay. I think you need to be in the 16 to 21-year-old range for the, the That's best the sweet of it. spot, right? Yeah. Right? Um, it's not but, to say that you're not going to buy a phenomenal scotch that's aged less than. But if yeah. I just gave you all each 250 bucks, so spin it on a bottle, right? You're going, you said 16, 21-ish, so like a five-year range. What about you, JP? I No, probably no less than 12. Okay. I'm going to go 12 plus, and then I'm going to lean heavily on the guys that work there. On, on ask an opinion. Yeah. I'm so, gonna, one I'm thing what I noticed neither liquor. one of you two guys just said is like, oh, I'm going straight for that 25. I'm going straight no, for that 30. You can find lots that of 35, right? To 24 and 25 mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily as good as those 
that are, that's a hundred percent correct. Going on and other factors going on, and you in can kind of tell to twenty one who range. who really enjoys scotch for scotch, or who really enjoys scotch because they want to pull it out of. That's the other party, part right? of the equation. Is I think scotch specifically, you have to drink by itself. It's uh, not a mixer, not, not quite neat because I like it colder, but with you know one big ice cube like we do, yeah. yeah. Couple with drops a, of water. Yeah, some water element to it. Uh, whereas bourbon and whiskey, you can you can mix it in some other things like old fashions. And You're stuff not going like to find anyone order a scotch and coke. No, no. And if you do, please <laughs> kick them in, the, them in the nose. Well, I would say in the balls, but they clearly have. I was none. going for the throat. Okay, <laughs> we're all right. Center. <laughs> yeah. Nipple and below. That poor son of a bitch that runs into a bar that orders that when the three of us are there. Yeah, he's fucked. He's going to the nose, throat, and the balls. <laughs> yep. So when I watched that documentary, it followed this guy that they call the 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 father of Scotch, right? He okay. knows they say this guy knows more about Scotch than anybody on the face of the earth. And there's no way you're gonna challenge this guy. He worked in the business for like sixty plus years. He's the owner of Brick Lottie. Coolest thing, this dude. At Brooklady, has a barrel in the very back that it would show him in this documentary. We'd go and get a little pipette and taste off of. This is an undocumented bottle that he has for himself that has been aging forever. It's his special uh, barrel that he doesn't want anyone to touch. It's a whole barrel of whiskey. I would pay everything I could to get that bottle of scotch from this guy, oh right? But when it, it followed a couple other scotch enthusiasts, there is a guy on there that's like the real. Goofy guy, do you remember that guy? Yeah. Oh, God. But it asked all of them, okay, where's the sweet spot? And they all kind of agreed within that, we'll say 15 to 20-ish. Every one of them agreed, 100%. And these guys know more about whiskey than you I will die knowing, right? Okay, say that, and then I'm going to make a point. Okay. Go ahead. Once you get past about the 20, maybe 25, but that's a big maybe, you are 100% not buying flavor, not buying taste. You know what you're buying? experience rarity right yeah so yeah. they're 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 selling this bottle of whiskey for 10 15 20 30 thousand dollars for a little bottle of scotch because it's rare rare don't mean shit that does not mean it's good i looked up today the most expensive bottle of scotch ever sold in the world was a couple years ago at an auction for eight hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, this is how much this dude loves scotch. The guy that owned Brooklotic. Okay, at the very end, I don't know if you remember. I do. He left Brooklotic. Yep. And started a whole nother one. Yep. And he's in his late sixties. He's old. There's a very real possibility that doing this. He's not. He might not ever see his first. He may ta- not taste his first product. product. Yes. Yes. This is how much these guys love this. He well, had this rare. This. That's the thing. Is it's such a crapshoot. Yep. Even in the, whiskey as a whole. Yep. There's no way for them to look into their crystal ball mm. and figure out what the market's going to do in four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, sure. whatever years to try to try to mask the product. That's where that white dog comes in. Yeah. They're like, shit. Just get it out. Hurry up. We'll get your name out there. a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. The stuff that we got in the back ain't going to be good for another six years. Yep. Taste this. This is a preview. Yeah. Well, this that Brook that This is single barrel. When he, yeah, when he retired, 
He had a bottle. It's a black one. I believe Raw. it was. <laughs> this this landed in the bottle yesterday. Right out. Raw white dog. 24-hour age. Yeah. <laughs> but he had a bottle. It's that same turquoise-looking bottle, but it's black, and it's got a gold star on it. That was when he retired. That was his favorite batch. I don't know the year age. It doesn't mean it was the best batch, whatever. It was his favorite batch. He had a small batch and released. I really that was the eight hundred thousand one. No, 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 no. This was it's about a two to two fifty. Hundred, okay. hundred, not thousand. Okay. Like we could do it if we set some money aside and like that's a goal of mine is to find that bottle at some point. Oh, absolutely. I may treat myself because well, of Well and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back. You put a pin in it earlier? I'm gonna circle back to a point that you talked about the distilleries. Mm. And what they did and where it came from and, and kind of how they how they're sneaky on things. So like everybody that knows anything about whiskey that, that, that has gone into the to the upper echelons of whiskey, they know Pappy Van Winkle. Sure. Everybody's like, Yeah, Pappy. I mean you can get rye. Not Fun a- fact, have you two ever tried Pappy Van Winkle? Uh no. I have. Due to my amazing wife. I wish you could see Landry's face right now when he said, I have. I have. Suck glowing. <laughs> As if he were pregnant. In fact, he texted me when he did. I remember specifically. <laughs> were, were you in Vegas still? I just yeah. texted you too. Yeah, yeah, you texted me. Yeah. So I knew you two would appreciate it. I want to learn about it. Kenneth. The did. Buffalo Trace. Yes. Distillery. Yes. Um, they are the distillery for... Pappy Van Winkle. Also, Blanton's. Okay. There's been a huge rush on Blanton's because people figured out, hey, heads up. Don't they came waste. from the same place. Yeah. Don't waste your money. That Pappy came from. It's also a big reason why Blanton's is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Is because they make very few bottles, so it's about the chase. Okay. Well, that's is, the thing. Is my brother-in-law well lives in San Antonio, by- surrounded by... All those small towns, your Braunfels, Seguin. The, the craft oriented. You can't yeah. find that shit. And Blanton's knows, and I've read articles, they know that they can triple that product easily and sell it. Well, they're not stupid. It's I called mean, supply yeah. and demand. We brought yeah, exactly. it up earlier. Yeah, but at the same time. I'm going to tell you right now, Blanton's is not a good whiskey. Blanton's is pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. It's hard it's, to drink. It's, it's, it's fun to get the bottle. And to, if you can find rich. it, you're like, fuck yeah, I found it. I will buy one bottle of Blanton's. And I already bought it. But here's the deal. They didn't know that six years ago. Right. They didn't know that everybody was going to find out that it came from the same place and there was going to be a rush on Blanton's. And they've got some cool stuff going. Like if you collect all of the toppers that yeah, say Blanton's, Blanton's, you can ship it in. They'll bring you back of this cool cask, topper yeah. cask stand type deal. But I need you to bring something up. I am. You ready? Okay. W.L. Wellers. Have you ever had Weller? No, I've heard of it. I think that's what Sean Brock. It's actually you're a, a food guy, mm-hmm. so you've probably watched uh, Mind of a Chef, mm-hmm. a bunch of Anthony Bourdain yep. stuff. So in Anthony Bourdain's episodes where he goes to Nashville, where Sean Brock is at, that's mm-hmm. one of his go-to bourbons. Weller's a great bourbon, as mine and JP's one of our very best friends, who we still don't know his name, calls it Veller. Mm. Over <laughs> shout out to Woody's Liquor Store. There it is. Yeah, super good dude. Get Anybody us, in Lubbock area? Go to. Woody's. Highly recommend going to Woody's Liquor on Eighty Second. What a great guy! I, there, there's a, there's a vast amount of knowledge there. Yep. In in the whiskey area, so you can go pick up 
anywhere. Listen to this, Bellis. W.L. Weller, 12 year, for about, I don't know, anywhere from 250 to 350 okay. Somewhere in that neighborhood is what that bottle is going to cost you. Way out of the price range of what I keep sure. in the house. Yeah, no one, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. You're, but the comparison that you're about to give is pretty amazing. The exact same recipe, the exact same stillery, distillery, 10-year pappy. That sells for anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a bottle. Okay, you just saved yourself about a about a thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean it's it's you're looking a third of the frac of, of the cost. Mm-hmm. That great marketing. Marketing. Yeah, I mean it's you you have that. I've got Pappy. I don't know if anybody's ever seen Horrible Bosses. Uh, yeah. When Bateman walks in and sees uh, his boss, uh, help me with the name. Bateman's boss is Kevin Spacey. Spacey. And middle of the day, he pours him a glass. He's going to make you a glass. And he says, that's an 18-year-old scotch. Yeah. I'm not going to waste it. It's that It's that element of status. It's all it is. It's an element of status. It's all it is. To be able to throw it out there. To say that you've got Pappy. Yeah. To say that you've got that. But let me tell you something. I've had Peppy. I have that stuff. Shout out, dark haired Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god! Smoking the sex addict. <laughs> See, yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Having, well, having said, said that, that. <laughs> so we uh, can we open the Oak and Eden before we finish this? Episode? Would love to open the Oak and Eden. I've got an empty glass. And that's Same. A, that's a problem. Do you have a last cigarette? With an empty glass and a last cigarette? An empty glass. Who originated And a last cigarette. I only know Randy Rogers. I don't think it was his originally. I don't know. He sings it. We're going to open a bottle of Oak and Eden, okay? Um, actually, and I'm not even going to go into it because I think JP and I are going to do a Oak and Eden uh, experiment podcast and it's going yeah, to be a project it's going to be a threesies we've done project whiskey but i feel like that should be shared with the world shout out again our homeboy over at woody's told us about this i'm not gonna tell you what it is now oh that. that's nice i hope that somebody listening good lord that's good <laughs> learned something about whiskey we're um, currently sniffing the whiskey as i just opened it uh oak and eden which one is that this is the Fired French oak wheat and spire. Now, if you pay attention, it's kind of hard to see. You wouldn't know unless you pay attention. There's an actual spire of the barrel in each bottle. The spire being like a spiral cutout of. We called it a spindle, so clearly we were wrong. Well, I, you spire know, sounds better, but spindle, we well, know there's what a spindle on a bed. Yeah. I mean, that's, so you're getting a little bit of that woody... It stays there. Woody right? taste. Yeah, you're, you're it's kidding. actually wow, from did their you Irish just now. Did I? I think you did. How red that is, though. By the way, it's dark. That's me. That's me. Good lord, that looks amazing. That's really another red. another fun fact on Blanton's. Mm-hmm. In 1984, Buffalo Trace released Blanton's as the first mass market single barrel bourbon released. What year? Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, Buffalo Trace and Four Roses. Oh, <sighs> yeah. uh, those two brands. Yeah, not a lot of. Like, they're not like 
the Jim Beam and Wild Turkey yeah. and, and Jack Daniels. For a reason, world. because those are people that they're don't understand so whiskey, right? Yes, they if are. If you're so going to tell me those are your favorite, the Jim Beans and stuff, you get away from You can't get a me. bad bottle of, of either of those products. Like my Four Roses is so good. Kind of like go-to daily bourbon has it's become Four Roses, small Rose? batch Four Roses. Oh, and bottle. Jamie Bearhill, shout out, last time he came over doing my podcast. What's up, Jamie? Um because we sort of like put a real dent in my my bottle of small batch of roses he he asked me about it and he said uh what kind of uh, bourbon were we drinking the other day and i told him and he went by the liquor store but he couldn't find the small batch but they had a single barrel so he brought the single barrel and, and god it's fucking great i don't know that i've had that one <laughs> it's so good there's uh there's another Look how red this is. That is wicked. Terrible. It's kind of cool. It's because of the spire that's in there. It's you're getting that continuous wood color. Smell that. Mm. If only I knew somebody from Okaneden that was willing to come. On having said that, man, that's <coughs> easy. Golly, that's really good. Well, I hope. Everybody learned something about whiskey. Um, so whether it's your spouse's um, French oak wheat inspired, it's, this is really good stuff. So good, husbands, wives, kids, parents, preferably not children. Of I said kids because like my dad could be listening and I'm his kid, right? Okay, there, Matt. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let me know if y'all want to try any of these. Like, like if you've like, oh shit, I didn't know. I've been drinking Jack Daniels this whole time. I'm a big fan of bourbon now, or I'm a big fan of scotch. If you learn something, I will tell you two things that you need to listen to if you want to learn as much as we have. Obviously, like I said, it's on Amazon. Scotch, the Golden Dream. You will learn a ton. It's obviously just about scotch. It's really cool. But another one that I would highly advise you listen to is a documentary called Neat. N-E-A-T. If you drink whiskey, much like the three of us are now, with nothing else in it other than the whiskey, no ice, no mixers, no water, that's called drinking it neat. There's a, It's on Amazon as well, and you're going to learn a little bit about a, a, a couple different – all the facts that I learned about bourbon were on there, but it's not Yeah, there's another bourbon. one on Amazon called Straight Up Had Kentucky not heard of bourbon. that. Okay. Straight Up Kentucky a lot, Bourbon. A lot of, lot of great knowledge. I've never heard that one. Yeah, a lot of uh, Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. Four Roses type stuff there. Really? I need to watch that Woodford one, too. Reserve. I know what I'm doing yeah. tomorrow. That's a good one. Their that bitters are amazing. Sitting on the table there. Yeah. Happens, it just happens to <laughs> Shout out Woodford. You <laughs> so I think I'm going to say, at least for me, the first threesome I ever had was actually very memorable. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a giver. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. This is like really good stuff right here. This is good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to end this one the way I normally would because that's not where this is heading. So everybody out there, do something nice for somebody else tomorrow. We're not billboarding today because it's going to be go buy a fucking bottle of whiskey and yeah. shut up, right? Learn something. Yeah, go, like, learn something. Go, go experiment. Go learn something. Don't be the guy who says, I buy whiskey by the case of this whiskey. I don't care how good it is. Don't be that guy. No. I bought Where's a bottle of whiskey the other day for the shape of the bottle. Okay. Oh, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, that one was wicked cool. I this, this bottle, bottle, yeah, the shape of the bottle was the, a how the barrel. I mean the the label looks. Yep. Maybe the even name the of the label. This was Cooperstown. Actually, it double was day. Uh, Double Day yeah. from Cooperstown, shaped in 
in a complete circle with a baseball. The bottom looked like a baseball field. Super cool, right? Second worst bottle of whiskey I've ever bought in my life. <laughs> okay, was, that's what you have to avoid, though, is the gimmicky type stuff. I fell for it. And I had a great bottle of scotch in my hand, and I was about to pay for it. Yeah. And I saw the double day. I'm like, I can't not buy this. And I even text picture to people. I'm like, hey, how do you not buy this bottle of whiskey? It was horrible. But you know what? I drank it. I got through it. I'm proud of it. That bottle sitting on my cabinet with my next two, uh, two really cool bottles that I have. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the hunt. Right. Is, is learning. But you know what? At least I didn't buy a bottle out. of Jack Daniels. No. You know what you're getting there. Like, exactly. What Exactly. Half the fun of that shitty bottle of whiskey that I bought is that it was a shitty bottle of whiskey. Well, and it has a cool bottle, and you got a story later on. I mean, exactly. That's, that's what it's all about is making exactly. memories and learning stuff. Exactly. Thank you all for coming. This is fun. Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, come into your house. Because y'all didn't come to me. I came to you. Always. Uh, be sure to check out the Pick 4 podcast. For another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be another door in a couple Yeah, weeks. exactly. See ya!